How's it going, Yankee fans? Welcome back to Fireside Yankees. Today, we're discussing Michael Conforto, former Mets. You know, as we know, Michael Brantley was plucked off the free agency market by the Houston Astros. They retained him on a one-year $12 million deal. Brantley and Conforto were the top remaining free agents at the position. Um, and now we look towards Conforto as the best remaining option in the free agent market. And the, I guess the Yankees and general manager, Brian Cashman, could look to the trade market. You know, we talked about Max Kepler. Um, you know, there's a couple other guys he may be intrigued by. Kepler makes the most sense just based on what the Yankees need. But Conforto's a pretty solid player with a lot of upsides, a good defensive player in left field. I think there's definitely an opportunity for him to get back to his normal self. Obviously, he missed the entire 2022 season. So we'll kind of take a look, analyze his stats from 2021 and prior to take a look at what he might be able to provide this team moving forward and the value that he does contain and the contract that we'd be willing to give him. But Ryan, before we dive into Michael Conforto and exactly what he would bring to the Bombers, how do you do today, my friend? I'm doing great. You know, we're kind of entering the point in the Yankee offseason where, you know, yes, the Yankees still need an outfielder, but it's it's really patchwork at this point. The Yankees got a lot of their big moves out of the way. They brought back important players to this team. Um, you know, obviously the big one that they that they didn't bring back was Benintendi, but you can make the argument, you know, five years is a lot of that's a, a long term commitment to make to a player. Uh, that, you know, you aren't necessarily sure is a star caliber player. And, you know, for a team that has is going to rely on a lot of cost-controlled talent, is going to be paying a lot of money over the next five years to Cole Rodon, Judge, uh, and Stanton, you know, maybe that commitment wouldn't have made too much sense. And going short-term in left field makes a ton of sense for this ball club. You know, the Yankees, I, I, despite the fact that, you know, this team is more so known for their infield prospects with Peraza, Cabrera, uh, you know, Volpe, of course, you know, Sweeney is not too far away. Um, you know, their outfield prospects are right around the corner as well, right? You know, you have Spencer Jones, who uh, most likely can get to AAA, double A at some point next year if he performs well enough. You have Perry and Dominguez, who are already at double A. Austin Wells is a catcher, but could potentially play some corner outfield for this team. And he's already in double A, and he's probably on his way to AAA to start next year. Um, so, you know, this team definitely has outfield talent on the way, and I don't think they're more than two years away, quite frankly, uh, from getting at least two of those four guys uh you know get at the major league level so or is it necessarily the smart idea to you know go five years of benintendi and lock up your left field position i don't really know if that's the right move um you know conforto gives the yankees a short-term option that i think has a lot higher upside than my, uh andrew benintendi does you know Conforto struggled in 2021 to be much more than a barely above league average offensive player, but I don't think that's because he's not a good player. I think that has a lot more to do with some pretty piss poor uh, batted ball luck. He still hits the ball hard. He had a 111.3 max exit velocity, which is concerning because that was the lowest of his career. But if the shoulder surgery was successful, if you know he is someone that is still able to get to 112, 113 mile per hour max exit velocities like he's shown in the past, this could definitely be a player that provides the Yankees 20 plus home run power and a pretty solid OBP. He's always worked high walk rates. He's not much of an average hitter, but in terms of walk rates, OBP, not striking out too much, uh, Conforto is definitely your guy. And of course, the left-handed bat you mentioned with Kepler, you know, the Yankees are going to look for a left-handed uh, bat. You know, the Yankees are not in the market for a right-handed corner outfielder. And I don't think that market's particularly strong anyways. Uh, you know, guys like Mitch Hanniger, uh, Hunter Renfro was already dealt. You know, they weren't going to explore that market very much. Well, I guess they brought back Aaron Judge, but that's a given. Um, 
Ultimately, you know, Conforto's defense is going to be a question mark inherently because he hasn't played in so long. But as you mentioned, you know, he does have good defensive numbers in both corner outfield spots. Right field in City Field is quite large. It's, you know, it's very deep. It goes up to, I believe, 370 at some point parts of right field. You know, that extended uh, part of the ballpark. It's very deep. There's a lot of, even in left field, it is a big ballpark. All right. So that is a ballpark that is tough to play in. Um, you know, I, I think his defense can translate very well to Yankee Stadium. And you're really only asking for league average defense defense you don't need a gold glover out there uh if the bat is there of course ultimately you know you look at conforto's the guy you can slot in at the fifth spot in your lineup you know have judge rizzo stanton conforto you have righty lefty righty lefty going on there um you know not only does it for my eyes look pretty good uh but in terms of you know actual production you know bullpens you think of bullpen management you would prefer to be able to have lanes to go to certain guys and by breaking up your lineup like that it prevents you from being able to go for a hard lefty against Rizzo or even a tough righty against Judge and Stanton because Rizzo and Conforto would be able to handle that righty um so ultimately you know this is a short-term move that the Yankees would be taking a risk and you know ultimately if it doesn't pan out you can always just get another left fielder at the deadline it would be an ex you know it would just basically be the Yankees um could either cut him or just move him to a fourth outfield spot or a bench bat spot. Uh, but but ultimately, you know, when you're going short term for a left fielder, whether it's Conforto, whether it's Kepler, you know, there's always going to be a corner outfield bat available on the market. That's that's never not the case. Uh, so it really, it'd be tough for me to imagine that the Yankees would be strung down by Michael Conforto at the deadline if he were to struggle. And he plays well, you get a, a low cost, high productive high production outfielder who's going to give you power and obp from the left-handed side and kind of deep in the middle of your lineup and give you a really 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 deep strong lineup for the postseason as well yeah i mean look the upside is undeniable you look at he's 29 years old and, and in my opinion i think that conforto is this is a good scenario for him because he gets to join a, a competitive world series caliber team he gets to have everyday reps in left fields and he can leverage this type of deal into a long-term contract with another club at a big money. Cause you're like, if Conforto can play well and, and, you know, carry his weight with the Yankees, you know, for a fact, another team is going to be looking to pay him. You know what I mean? Like you look at Ben and just got $18 million. Yes. Did he do with the Yankees? Not really. Look at judge. <laughs> they were about to, the Padres about to give him $400 million. You know what I mean? And, and look, he's totally different. Um, but at the end of the day, Conforto is a pretty solid player. You kind of listed off some of his metrics. So obviously the last time he played was in 2021. Um, career average is pretty solid, 255, 356 on base rate, 124 WRC plus. Defensively, he's solid um in left field. You know, he hit 33 homers back in 2019. We know those were juiced baseball, so a little bit of a skewed metric, but you know, 14 homers this um, past 2021 with the Mets, and he played, uh, you know, pretty well. I think those home run totals probably increase if he can return his power, which, you know, the shoulder injury, I, I wonder if there's any remaining concern about that. Um, but it seems like he's going to be okay, and, you know, he should be back, and uh, there won't be any restrictions, according to John Morosi of MLB Network. Um, about a month ago, less than a month ago, uh, he's engaged in hitting, he's been throwing programs, and isn't expected to face any, you know, pushback from any of that stuff so that's definitely a good sign for Conforto and his return um, pretty solid pull rate you know a guy who's gonna you know 40.8 percent pull rate in 2021 career pull rate of 40 percent you know that that band shift you know talk about the lefty hitters getting a lot more you know value Rizzo Conforto these guys lefty hitters the shift in Yankee Stadium not only is you're gonna see a lot more singles but you're gonna see a lot more home runs in, in addition with the lefty batters in general but those uh, that shift ban is going to be big for some of those lefty batters. And I think their on-base rate probably spikes because of it. 
Conforto defensively in left field. Obviously, the last time he played left field was back in 2018. So you're looking at quite a long time ago, 678 innings. He has 2,045 total innings of left field play in his career. Uh, hosts a .989 fielding percentage um, with 10 defensive runs saved above average and eight outs above average. So really good numbers. Like you're not, you're not going to find much better than that. Um, you know, his first season playing left field back in 2015, he had nine defensive runs saved above average in about 400 innings. So, you know, he's capable of putting together at least average play. And like you said, we don't need anything crazy defensively in left field. We just need a good, you know, up, up uh, hitter with some good upside um, who's not going to be a liability. And if, and if he does not end up panning out, you got Oswaldo Cabrera. You know, you suck you still have Aaron Hicks on the roster. I prefer not to use him, but Oswaldo Cabrera could easily fill that role and transition there if need be. Uh, but what type of contract would you be willing to give him? You know, this is definitely a guy who rejected a $100 million deal after the 2021 season, suffered the shoulder injury, um, and then, you know, kind of just downward spiral from there. Definitely a bad decision on his part to reject such a big lofty contract. He was looking for, I think, $120 million. But now his contract or expectations are a lot lower. I was thinking, you know, he's probably trying to find the best offer on the market. I was thinking a two-year, $20 million deal with a player option for the second season. That way, you know, kind of what they did with Rizzo, $10 million a year for, a, for an upside. For a guy with his level of upside, I think is fair. I think he probably ends up much better than Aaron Hicks, which is, um, you know, he's probably making the same amount. What kind of contract would you be willing to give him? I think that might be fair. What, they, what they're kind of waiting for is the market dwindles, but maybe he even makes less. Yeah, so, you know, look at Joey Gallo, Michael Brantley, right? So I know that, you know, Joey Gallo really struggled last year, but he at least played baseball, right? So, you know, you can make the argument that both of them had down years in a similar sense. You know, Joey Gallo had his worst year as a pro uh, in 2022, but he was pretty good in 2021. Uh, and, you know, in 2019 as well, before injury, he was an all-star that year um, and had a down year in 2022. Conforto didn't play last year. So if Gallo's getting a one-year, you know, $11 million deal, if Brantley, who, you know, is starting to be more of a DH. He, uh, you know, I know a lot of Yankee fans are disappointed we didn't get him, but he did end up, you know, last year playing the majority of his game. I believe he was 55% of games played was at the DH position. So can you really call him a full-time outfield anymore, right? And he had a, a season-ending injury and is 36 years old. Um, you know, probably the best hitter of that group of three, but, you know, probably the least likely to play the outfield for a full season in that group of three. Uh, and he got one year, $12 million. Um, so, you know, even Cody Bellinger, you know, one year, $17 million, that might've been a little bit much, but he probably has the highest ceiling of this group. You know, he is a former MVP. Conforto kind of slots somewhere in the middle between, you know, Gallo and Bellinger in terms of that price range. So, you know, as you mentioned, a two-year $20 million deal would definitely be something I think he takes because because, you know, yes, it's lower AAV than to, than what Gallo is going to get, um, you know, at $10 million. But, you know, with that second year, it's more total guaranteed money if he takes the option. And that's his choice. Um, and, you know, in the Yankee situation here, if he, you know, is getting paid $10 million and he's not very good, um, you know, as unfortunate as it may be for the Yankees, it's, you know, you just make it a very expensive uh, DFA, quite frankly. Um, you know, the reality of it is that... Um, you are the New York Yankees, you know, $10 million, not that it shouldn't matter to you and not that, you know, $10 million is just a, a sneeze, you know, $10 million is more money than I will ever see in my lifetime. Uh, but, you know, uh, for that, for the Yankees, especially with Josh Donaldson, definitely coming off the books at that point. Um, you know, you have a couple of other contracts coming off the books in terms of Severino, Montas, uh, Hicks probably is a little bit more movable at that point. It's just two years, $20 million remaining on that deal. If you don't already move him, I imagine Glaber's off of the team at that point. 
you know, just because you have so many infielders coming up and that's money off the books. Um, you know, you can eat that contract. I think you could if if it really uh, was, if you really were that desperate to get rid of him. Um, and quite frankly, I just don't see Conforto being that terrible, right? You know, at least with the bat, the glove, maybe, right? But the bat, definitely not. Uh, you know, his projected WRC plus is 117 as a free agent, right? So uh, just to give people a little bit of a heads up here, you know, projections change when you play in a different ball, when you uh, sign with a team, because how you play in that ballpark, how your uh, batted ball profile works in that ballpark factors into projections. Yes, WRC plus is park adjusted, but, you know, if you play in Yankee Stadium versus a different ball versus, you know, a less left-handed friendly ballpark for home runs, let's say, for example, a ballpark like Kansas City, you're going to be rejected to hit fewer home runs and thus you're going to be projected to run in a lower isolated power or run it run a lower slugging percentage you may go from 19 projected home runs in Conforto's case to maybe 16 or 15 right whereas in Yankee Stadium you may see that number go up we've seen this with guys like Anthony Rizzo when he was a free agent his projected WRC plus was 120 it shoots up to 126 when he signs with the Yankees with Judge it was 158 it shoots up to 163 when he resigns you know uh Conforto could go from a guy who's projected at a 117 right now which is already a very strong strong mark uh, and get that number up to perhaps 122. And that could be his median outcome, his most likely outcome in Yankee stadium. Um, quite frankly, that's a really strong median outcome. Projections really don't like injured players, especially steamer. You know, steamer is very bullish on a guy like Mike Trout because of the fact that he's injured a lot and he's getting a little bit older, right? Even though Mike Trout had a phenomenal year last year, they only project him to have a 145 WRC plus. They don't even project him to be the best center fielder in baseball anymore, right? So, you know, they're very bullish on players who come off injury. Very, very, very bullish. You know, you think of guys like Luis Robert, Byron Buxton, you know, these injured outfielders who don't project to be as good as they've been in years past. So, you know, quite frankly, if we're looking at, Michael Conforto's projections, it should be there. You should look at them and say, you know, it's shocking that a guy who's been this injured over the last year and hasn't played in so long and is coming off of a poor 2021 season is still projected to be so good. And that tells you that, you know, it, it compares it to other careers. It compares it to other careers, you know, similar injuries, similar career paths. And it says, you know, the, despite all of that, players who go through injuries like this or player who go, players who go through career arcs like this still tend to perform pretty well because he's still very young. I don't think he's 30 yet. And if he is, he just turned 30. No, he doesn't turn 30 until March. So he's still very young, still in the prime of his career, still had a ton of time off, which could also play in his favor in terms of, you know, making sure his shoulder's all the way back. I know a lot of people are concerned because – you know, and Duhar, you look at his uh, shoulder injury, but he had a torn labrum, right? That is a different type of injury. Um, and on top of that, he tried to play through it. And there were question marks about whether Andujar was going to stick at the major league level because of his defense anyways, or not the major league level, but stick at third base anyways. And I imagine the COVID season, you know, kind of hurt his uh, progression. Uh, Conforto's in a different spot. And I, I feel comfortable that if the Yankees were interested and the fact the Astros were interested and the fact that there are other teams still interested, it tells me that there is something to like here. I still think the Yankees go the route of trade, but Conforto definitely intrigues me because of the bat, because I think the ceiling, as you mentioned, is very high. It could be a 30-home run hitter here, and that'd be huge for this lineup. Yeah, look, so my perspective is that if, you know, Kepler was, what is he making, $7, $8 million, something like that? Do you know? It's, it's about $7 million, right? Yeah, I think it's $7 million with a club option. So similar kind of one-year situation as Conforto would be. Okay, so here's my, here's my take. I'm more willing to just spend the money, then spend the money and assets, unless they're assets that we need to get rid of. And, or 
we can package Aaron Hicks with it or get some of the money off the books uh, for one of those play contracts we have to get rid of. That's the only perspective that I kind of feel as though I'd rather just spend the seven mil or eight, seven to ten million dollars with Conforto than than send like you know we had we had packaged a deal together the other day, Lucas Licky and Domingo Herman. I'd rather just keep them. You know what I mean? Like they're not they're I feel as though they're more leaning towards the asset range than they are the liability range, especially because we need to limit fatigue down the stretch with some of our starting pitchers. I think Herman could be a pretty good player for us, at least just play a specific role that's valuable. Litke can eat those innings, you know, pretty solid lefty uh, bullpen arm. I'm not going to trust him in high leverage stuff, but, you know, he's decent. Um, maybe they try to move IKF. I don't know why they would acquire him, but <laughs> who, who knows, you know. The only way I can see making sense for Kepler is if you're also getting Hicks off the books and then you're kind of flipping that money into um, another player. But, you know, what would you prefer in that scenario? Just, you know, spend the money or, you know, spend the draft or not the draft capital, but rather the assets on the roster or even prospects plus spending the money. Well, I guess it would make sense for the Kepler situation if the Yankees are moving like IKF because that would almost cancel out the money entirely. Um, And I do want to note, you know, the Twins starting shortstop. I don't know who it is right now because they lost Correa. Uh, and while Royce Lewis is a prospect who projects extremely well, um, he just tore his ACL uh, last year. So we actually don't really know uh, how good he'll be. We don't really know um, how many games he'll play. We don't really know if he can actually play shortstop full-time. You know, they just moved their shell as well. That was their third baseman, their starting third baseman all year. It's Jose Miranda, you know, um, uh, Luis Arise and Jorge Polanco in that infield. Miranda's not really a strong defensive player, so can you really stick him at third base full-time? Arise is more of a second baseman or a first baseman. You can't move him to shortstop. Polanco's a terrible defensive shortstop. You know, maybe IKF does make sense. The Twins did initially acquire him before getting Correa and reports came out that part of the reason why they couldn't initially get Correa was because of Josh Donaldson's presence, which explains a lot about Josh Donaldson. It, it kind of makes sense. <laughs> um, not, to, I mean, no, to diss the guy. Yes, absolutely to diss the guy. Uh, but you know, uh, quite frankly, I, I could see it. You know, the Twins actually kind of need a shortstop. So you know, uh, as you mentioned with Litke as well, you know. Is he a high leverage guy? Not for the Yankees, but maybe in Minnesota, right? May, not even high leverage, middle relief, throw a ton of innings. Domingo Herman's a guy that I've, you know, vocalized a lot of, you know, this guy kind of makes a lot of sense for the Twins. The Twins really need starting pitching, and Herman's a starting pitcher who's at least league average. So, uh, quite frankly, I, I mean, I could actually see them might, you know, IKF kind of has value in this market. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned before when, you know, they tended him all, they don't have, you know, he doesn't have value. You know, what are we doing? Um, every shortstop priced himself out of those middle market teams like the twins, you know? Um, so I kept this probably a league average player who's making nothing and is probably a bargain on the market at this point. He did put up like a two war last year, which for $6 million, considering what other guys got paid, probably not the worst thing in the world for the Minnesota twins who could make him a UTL guy and kind of throw him at third base occasion and second base, uh, you know, when Royce Lewis is fully healthy. So, um, they were interested in him before they really, they, they traded for IKF before we did. They really liked IKF. So I could see that happening. Um, you know, as you mentioned, if now, if, if it's the Yankees have to trade like real prospects, like a Randy Vasquez, you know, kind of one of their, uh, solid pitching prospects, I would not do that. I'd just rather get Conforto. Um, I, I like the depth in this form too much. And the Yankees could definitely package those guys at the deadline for better players, uh, and, and more impact players. Like I said, if Conforto struggles, you're going to need a left fielder. So, you know, you could just go and trade for one. Injuries happen all the time. One of your five stars are going to get hurt. One of your big bullpen arms is going to get hurt. One of your nine position players that start on opening day are going to get hurt so or struggle. 
So quite frankly, you're always going to need to make moves at the deadline. So, you know, uh, I guess keeping yourself flexible in the payroll and also keeping your uh, prospects uh, here for now but I do think the Yankees have enough major league talent to get Kepler without having to ch- get take on too much money or trade anyone important. But that's, of course, something that I'm just guessing. I'm not in the front office. I have no sources. I feel like I have to clarify that. Yeah, I know. IKF makes perfect sense. You make a really good point in the sense that, you know, they were interested in him before. The only reason they ended up trading him is because the Yankees and Brian Cashman decided that they wanted IKF so badly they were willing to take on Josh Donaldson's contract. So, um, you know, it is what it is. We have IKF now. Maybe they want him. Maybe they still can utilize him. As you said, they don't have a shortstop. They can use him as a UTL guy if the if the worst case scenario occurs. And, you know, he does have some value. And, you know, Minnesota's trying to do some stuff. I don't exactly know what their strategy is for next year. I don't know. You know, does it seem like they did much in free agency? But um, I'll tell you what, the Yankees do have some assets that they can part ways with and that there is kind of a log jam in the infield. You still have Donaldson. You still have IKF. You have Peraza, Volpe, Glaber Tor- You have so many. DJ LeMayhew. There's no way you're getting all those guys playing time. Some of them have to be traded. You know what I mean? So one of them at least has to be traded. It's got to be at least Donaldson. It's got to be Glaber or it's got to be IKF. One of those three guys has to be traded because you're not sitting a $21 million Josh Donaldson on the bench. Like you have to find a way to get rid of him. Even if, even if it took, you know, a packaging, something else just to get rid of some of his contract. Um, you know, it is what it is. I don't think, I don't think the twins want Donaldson back considering they, worked pretty hard they're willing to give up ikf to get rid of them um so it's interesting i'd love to hear your perspectives below um on michael conforto some of the different topics that we have talked about in this segment and episode my friends hope you guys have a fantastic start to your week let's go new york giants after last night's win let's freaking go make sure to like and subscribe as always and we'll catch you guys on the next fireside yankees episode